Hi there, and welcome one and all to the Oxcast for this week. It's Wednesday the 15th of February. Yes, the day we've been waiting for when discounted heart-shaped chocolate appears magically in shops and fair-minded romantic types dine out for reasonable prices. Yay! At last. But that's not what we're here to talk about. As ever, there's loads going on in Oxford's immediate future. Maddie, today we'll be mentioning theatre and some interesting talks. And Russell will be getting well arty, won't you? Aye. You will. Uh, but first, over to you, Maddie. Hello. So I'm going to talk about two different talks that are happening this week. First up is the story of Cowley after Victoria, which will be at the St James Church Centre on Beecham Lane on Friday. So that's Friday, February the 17th from 6.30 till 8.30. It's only £5 and it will involve local historian Roseanne Butler telling the story of 20th century Cowley uh, up to 1960. So that's actually not very long. It's only 60 years considering that Cowley has existed since Roman times. Wow. Wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Since cows were first, I don't know. Invented by the Romans. Cows were led across the Mm. ford like the oxen were. Exactly. I know that it existed since Roman times, but then the Wikipedia page didn't go much further than that. Okay. So you'll have to go to the talk to find out any more about the story of Cowley. There will be refreshments served. My <laughs> second talk is a super quiz show called Pandas Like Porn and Other Dating Tips. It's run by Science Oxford and it will be at the Story Museum on Thursday, so tomorrow at half past seven over 18s only for this one I'm afraid because it is quite detailed about oh, okay. um, romance. It's £10 for adults and £6 for students presumably. So it's a talk given by Dr Emily Grossman who is an expert in molecular biology and genetics and she'll be talking about the science of attraction and sex basically. Um, so if you want to find out for example why humans are attracted to big bottoms and Mm. which creature has a 30 minute orgasm which lucky lucky creature has a 30 minute orgasm seems inconvenient more than lucky i mean i certainly wouldn't complain (laughs) 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 sounds great but i don't know which creature it is imagine if it if you have like an hour lifespan and half (laughs) (laughs) half that's like Okay. Yes, so if you want to find out more about things like that, go to the talk by Emily Grossman at the Story Museum on Thursday at half past seven. So I'm going to talk today about some art that's come to the Ashmolean from Degas to Picasso creating modernism in France. So I went along last week. It's pretty impressive. It has over 100 pieces of art and it sort of weaves a narrative of the journey from neoclassicism to modernism, taking Impressionism and Cubism. Uh, And it's all taken from one family's collection, so the pieces have never been displayed in this country before, which is is really impressive that not one of the over 100 items has been seen in this country in a public place. Um, So it, it contains a number of works by Picasso. I mean has a wonderful sketch called Cockerel Woman and a Young Man, which I really liked, and it's it's really impressive. It has Van Gogh's only etching. He didn't do any other etchings bar this. It was part of his therapy that he was going through at the time, and it's r- super rare, and many other French artists that I will not try and pronounce because <laughs> they will have super long French names. 
so annoying. All these French people with it. What I really liked about the exhibition was that it shows the development of art, the artist's style. So there's lots of sketches, lots of alternative drawings they did. I mean, yeah. There's one artist who has a painting of his father and then an alternative sketch of his father. And it's really interesting to see the idea and the artist develop. And that's quite personal to always paint your father, which is what this artist did a lot. And it's, it's really interesting and it's a really good way to approach the art that's on display. Mm. Russell uh, wrote a really great review of the exhibition too and you can check that out on our website <laughs> dailyinfo.co.uk forward slash reviews yeah well it was quite easy to write the review because it is a really good exhibition and it's really worth going to and we'd recommend booking because as Michael found out at the weekend it is super popular it was massively popular it was the busiest art exhibition I've been to really that first Sunday that it was open um, oh. had to, everyone's uh, read Russell's review obviously <laughs> exactly yeah they, they, they were I mean but yeah like the Telegraph and the Guardian have raved and I think it's because the Ashmolean always seems to be just about um, archaeology but mm. it's an archaeology and art museum and mm. they don't really do enough of the art side of things so this is a massive rectifying on their mm. part I mean they have no cubist paintings before this point in their exhibitions um, the exhibition runs at the Ashmolean daily until may the 7th uh it costs 10 pounds or nine pounds for concessions or five pounds for 12 to 17 year olds or it's free for under 12s and members and so if you dress up as a i don't know if you dress up as an artist or if you dress up did you say it's free for artists uh free for members oh right okay dress up as an artist hello i'm an artist (laughs) my art is viewing things for free (laughs) it's conceptual don't you know I can imagine that could work if you got the right person. Mm, it yeah. depends. I mean, you could go as Andy Warhol quite easily. Mm. They, they'd know he's dead. <laughs> well, yeah. Of all the people, they would know. <laughs> uh, you know who Michael could go as? I could totally go as Digger. Uh, yeah, I made many discoveries while I was there. Not least that uh, I could possibly be related to Digger. I look, look a little bit like him um, if I were to wear a top hat and cultivate my moustache more. Yeah. I mean, we're happy for you to do that and see where it goes. Yeah, turn up and say, hi. Oh, is he was French, right? I think so. They're all, so it's hello. It's pretty French. I would like to come and see my work. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I've been sketching people. I like to make a lot of detail on the face and not so much on the clothes because they do not matter. I look into the soul. Along with this exhibition, there are many other fabulous ones on in Oxford right now. I mean, there's a wealth of... Uh, museum exhibitions that are on. You've got Back from the Dead at the Museum of the History of Science, which runs until the 21st of May. You've got uh, Lubema Himid, which Maddie can testify is great. That's on at Modern Art Oxford till the 30th of April. The Story Museum has Ever After, which is an interactive story both inside their museum and in a blog they're running for it. And that's there till the 31st of August. And this week is the last week you can go see the Bodleian Treasures that are on display, which closes on Friday and has a host of books from their collection. So there's a lot that you can go and see in Oxford. Lucky us. What a city to live in. Okay, there's a few cracking concerts coming up this weekend. Um, Starting on Friday at the Hollywell Music Room uh, with Beethoven's Vienna, uh, which historical wind ensemble Boxwood and Brass present works popular in early 19th century Vienna. 
if you happen to be listening to Radio 3 yesterday, they performed live on Sean Rafferty's show. Um, but what they do, they uh, bring together British period wind instrument players to bring to life neglected wind chamber music and harmony music, as it was called, um, of the classical and early romantic periods. Uh, so they've got a nicely disrespectful attitude to the canon, um, and that manifests in their programming, which features new arrangements made for the group in the best historical traditions. So you might have heard Beethoven's Seventh Symphony before, from which the Allegretto... It's not going to be great to sing, because... It's, it's Go on, sing it. Ba, 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 ba. It's on the good like, ba, 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 It was such a banger that uh, on its first performance they had to do that as the encore. Uh, even though it's like the slow movement from the middle. Mm. Yes, it sounds lovely, even even for an unaccompanied voice, as you can hear. Um, but as it's usually this kind of massive symphonic beast, they've uh, scored it down for um, between six and nine wind parts. Uh, so boxwood and brass find that it's uh, it's not so easy to sell arrangements or uh, the arrangements of original works uh, can be treated with caution. Um, they might even be considered disrespectful to the composer's intentions. Who says that? Sorry. Well, musicologists and promoters mm. might look on it as being a you know kind of cover version. Mm. However well-informedly it is rearranged. But there are some great cover versions yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Tainted Love is both great in the 80s and the 60s. So. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> um, well, that Lily Allen's version of for the John Lewis advert. Oh yeah, it was definitely better than Keen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perhaps Lily Allen's motivation was similar to the to the wind players um, at hand. Part of the the reason they do what they do is that um, because you have a whole orchestra reduced to six parts, then you have to do a lot more. It's much more technically demanding than the material the instruments would get to perform otherwise. And also, the players' proximity means they can hear a lot of the finer details of the harmony. And on that subject, it's the perfect environment to be playing in because the Hollywell Music Room is great for that kind of size of ensemble. And yeah, the acoustic in there is wonderful, as I enjoy saying every time I talk about the Hollywell Music Room <laughs> because I'm a big audio geek. So that's at 7.30 this Friday at the Hollywell Music Room. There's a pre-concert talk at 6.45 and tickets are from £5 to £15. A couple of concerts for good causes happening at the weekend as well. Listed on our site is uh, Music for Mental Health, an evening of words and music to raise money for the Mental Health Foundation, who aim to improve the lives of those suffering from mental illness of all kinds. It's it's a wonderfully vague description, though. I kind of like it. Come along to the beautiful Christchurch Cathedral, true, um, for a dose of lightness, brightness, and all-round musical, magical, cheering upness. And then we don't know what the music is. It's an absolute surprise. It's like a... It's like, you know, revels. Seriously, go to it. It's a great idea. Great idea. It's at 8pm on Friday at the Christchurch Cathedral. Tickets are £10 and £7 if you're a student. Um, something else I have a little bit more detail on. Um, Haydn's Creation will be being performed by Oxford Orpheus on Saturday night at the Town Hall. Um, Oxford Orpheus, they're now a registered charity, um, who've been putting on charity fundraising, come and sing concerts for the past 10 years where people can get involved. Uh, so this time around, they are raising money for Headway Oxfordshire, who uh, work to reduce misunderstanding and discrimination against those with brain injury. So brain injury, the effects of which can often be unseen and misunderstood. Uh, so they're working hard to spread awareness of 
um, its effects and the troubles it can cause to those affected. Um, so that's uh, where your money will be going, and what you'll be seeing is um, Aiden's creation, the oratorio, which depicts and celebrates the creation of the world, no less, um, as, as it's described in uh, the book of Genesis and Paradise Lost. And the creation will be brought to life by performers, some of whom have Oxford connections and even studied here, um, and others who have just been signing up over the past few days and weeks, um, brought together by our acclaimed conductor, they say, our acclaimed conductor, Robert Dean, who transforms the ad hoc chorus into an accomplished choir. It's a piece that's always worth hearing, especially live, so why not enjoy it while giving to a good cause? On to theatre. First up, I've got Crap's Last Tape and Rockabye by Perspex Productions at the Burton Taylor, which will run from Tuesday next week to Saturday next week. So that's Tuesday, February the 21st to Saturday, February the 25th, and it will be on at half past seven. So Crap's Last Tape and Rockabye are both plays by Samuel Beckett. Originally, they were going to be putting on embers by samuel beckett but they changed their mind or something happened <laughs> and now they're doing craps last tape and rockabye um it they're not plays that are always put together but they seem to complement each other quite well craps last tape is about an, an older man who is listening back to tapes that he's made um each year of his life and so the title is ambiguous as to whether it's craps final tape or most recent tape mm-hmm. but there's, I mean, death is always surrounding us, isn't it? And like, ah! finality is um, present in <laughs> in all of our lives. And Beckett would be the first to um, to make sure that we remember that. Yes. Um, and then Rockabye is about a woman who's looking out of a window, and from the window she can see many other windows, but all of them have their blinds shut. And um, I see. Yeah. Or do you? So it's about sort of well, exactly. Like all of Beckett's plays, it's about an experience of the world and memory and and the language that people use to understand the world. And that's, I think, the theme that sort of that brings these two plays together. Ah. So that's on next week at the Burton Taylor Studio. Also on next week is Infinity Pool, which will be on on Wednesday and Thursday next week. So that's the 22nd and the 23rd of February at 8pm. And it will be performed at the... Northwall Arts Centre in Summertown. I saw this production in um, in Edinburgh last summer. It's um, it's really really cool. It's she uses sort of unsophisticated technology in a really sophisticated way. So she's got overhead projectors and other kinds of projectors and just videos on a an old school TV. And she tells the story in in a this really enigmatic way she doesn't speak at all Mm -hmm. um and it's a retelling of madame bovary so it's about a woman who starts having some a sort of extramarital conversation with a man out but they they don't meet up um and but it's via sort of messaging and you have to follow the messages as they come up on the screen and you hear clips which create the atmosphere and then it's just the most absorbing storytelling I've seen on stage in a really long time. It's wow. really, really impressive. Um, so I would recommend going to see that next week at the Northwall Arts Centre. And then finally, I've got Home 
which is on at the Cornerstone Arts Centre in Didcot on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 7th and 8th of March. So you've got a bit of time to book your tickets for this one. And the performance will be the performances will be at 11am and 1.30pm. This is a this is a performance which is designed specifically for people with profound and multiple learning difficulties. And the performance is designed to bathe the audience in a sensory experience using light and um, storytelling. And so, yes, Home is the latest bold and exciting production from Frozen Light. And it tells the story of Scarlet and Olive. And it sounds like it will be really great. So, so book your tickets for that if it's something that you would like to go to. And the tickets are £15 and carers go free. So this one is for ages 13 plus. And finally, some cinema. Um, Ross and I will be sharing cinematic duties this week, being as we are cinephiles of one stripe or another. Um, firstly, starting at the Phoenix Picture House from Friday, 20th Century Women, um, which has been nominated for writing uh, original screenplay at the Oscars um, for writer-director Mike Mills, who's not a member of REM, just to clear that up. Um, he's the director of Beginners. Beginners is fabulous. I saw it when it came out, and it's a really great film, really touching. and It's, it's all about his relationship with his dad, Ian McGregor's dad in the film, comes out after his mother's death and him handling that but it's really touching and sweet and just really well put together yeah he can direct i can imagine those some of those descriptors will apply to 20th century women too (laughs) so nominated for best original screenplay not nominated for best historical drama though as that category doesn't exist and (laughs) um and as 1979 may not be quite far enough in the past uh to pique the panel's attention 1979. So, the, but the sights, uh, the fashions, um, some cringeworthy and some agelessly fresh. Um, and especially the sounds of 79 are replicated here in the world rebuilt by Mills. He drew on his youth in 1970s California. And my goodness, does he have an excellent cast to realise his vision. The single mother, Dorothea, played by Annette Benning, um, has a teenage son, Jamie but feels she is losing him to a changing worldview and way of thinking. To get through to him and teach him the lessons she thinks he actually needs, uh, she turns to two other women, um, her lodger, punk photographer Abby, who's Greta Gerwig, um, oh, cropped okay. crimson hair, making her look a bit like a slightly healthier 76 Bowie. Interesting. Because she was in Jackie, wasn't she? She was. What did she play in Jackie? Which one is she? Uh, she was Jackie Kennedy's aide. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought she was great. Really tall woman. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's interesting because she's done predominantly indie leading parts the last couple of years and she's done these two supporting roles in these award season films. Mm. So it's a bit of a change for her, which is well, she's nice. moving on up a bit. So her, she's the um, amazingly cool lodger. And Teenage Rebel Next Door, uh, Julie, uh, played by Elle Fanning. Also Alia Shawkat, um, who's... Had perfect comic timing since her first days in Arrested Development. It's maybe. Oh, I love her. And love she's her. also in uh, Green Room, which is not funny in the in, slightest. In, in the frankly terrifying Green Room. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad she's getting these like big parts now. Um, and Billy Crudup, again from Jaggy, basically. Um, yeah. um, these, these people are doing the rounds. So nicely illustrating the generation gap in a variety of ways. 40s jazz for her, uh, Devo and Dogging Heads for him. Um, and creating another warm ensemble comedy that has its sights on the march of recent history. 
And then coming to the ultimate picture palace is the classic French musical Umbrellas of Cherbourg. This musical from 1964 is, is one of the finest examples of French cinema of the time, I feel. And it's a treat for it to come to Oxford and be in cinemas, essentially, which is one of the great things that the UPP does. Uh, so it tells the story of a lovers separated during the Algerian War. So it's about this woman who sells umbrellas. She meets this guy. They fall in love, but he's conscripted to fight in the Algerian War. And so it tears them apart and it's it's quite heartbreaking and it's not a happy second half. The first half is really happy and joyful because they're in love and they're together. Spoiler alert! And then the second <laughs> half, not so much. Um, and, then... and one of the great things about it is that it, it shies away from the sweeping nature of the American musicals of the time. Every word is sung. So there's not any show tunes. It's just conversational singing, kind of like, like Sondheim. Like Les Mis style. Les Mis, Sondheim. Mm. And it's all in French, which, I mean, is... Parfait. Exactly. If you're into French cinema, that is perfect for you. And this is a direct reference point to La La Land, which, I mean, if you've all seen La La Land because it's going to win the Oscars and... Win the whole ceremony, not just yes. some awards. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's all about La La Land. And one of the core reference points is this film, along with a host of others from the 50s and 60s, but... Really, the way this film uses colour and how it uses not great singers. I mean, that sounds like a critique, but it's they're very natural singers. There's not any big show tune moments in this film. Uh, So it's probably one of the finest musicals of its era. And it's on on Sunday and Monday at the Ultimate Picture Palace. And it's kind of what they do. They bring back classics to the cinema, which is amazing. So they've got Don't Look Now coming up, which is one of the great horrors of its era and it's pretty terrifying has an amazing twist that i won't ruin here but yeah it's great is it that you should look now but yeah it's it's a really really fine film there's goodfellas which is every gangster film since has basically ripped it off and they've got an errol flynn classic in captain blood so so they're all films that are coming up in the next couple of months sort of the next month in fact at the ultimate picture palace i mean i've sadly never been to cinema but this is something. <laughs> Hang on, you've been to cinemas before. You've been to the cinema, Russ, surely. <laughs> not, not this cinema. Sadly, I've never been to the cinema, even though I've seen all of the films that you've ever mentioned. Illegal downloads, way forward. <laughs> Such a millennial. <laughs> we who are talking about cinema things have previously been to cinemas. Isn't that reassuring? Um, if you would like to find out what's going on at the cinemas and indeed at any venue in Oxford, and check out our events page to get a dailyinfo.co.uk and click what's on. You can follow us on social media. We are at Daily Info Oxford on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And you can subscribe to this podcast on our website. So go onto our website and you can subscribe to any of the number of podcasting platforms that you choose to use. <laughs>